This podcast is proudly brought to you by the McLaren Vale Grape Wine and Tourism Association, supporting growers in the McLaren Vale wine region. Hello and welcome to Crop Watch for uh, Vintage 2023. If this is your first time listening, what we do for Crop Watch uh, for McLaren Vale, we record live in the vineyard in real time and we report on what's happening in vines to try and give you a tip if you're a grape grower or if you're working in the vineyards about what's going on. We also try and make this podcast useful for people who are studying wine. Um, If you have heard this before, you'll know I'm usually joined with Jill Gordon-Smith. Unfortunately, Jill is in America at the moment. Unfortunate for for us as podcast listeners, but but not for Jill. So her services are being sought out over there. But I've got Jen Petter, agronomist and grape grower, to join me. Uh, Welcome, Jen. Hello. Thank you for having me. So what... If just, I guess as a bit of background, um, this la- this season, Vintage 2023, I guess from my point of view has been a more of an extreme version of, of Vintage 2022, in that spring was wet, but then once summer began, uh, it was dry. And that's really what we're seeing now, isn't it? Yes. So I think the big, uh, the big difference for me was that the disease pressure really just amped up a lot earlier, maybe a good month earlier than last season, uh, which is obviously a tough time because it was pre-flowering this year, whereas last season the downy really just started picking up post-flowering, so the, the risk is higher. Yeah, but since December there was only, like, I think locally in the McLarenvale region under 20 mils of rain. Yep. Um, and then January, zero. Yes. So so we're recording this uh, in a Grenache vineyard, this is one of the old vine Grenache vineyards that, that we're famous for in the region. There is no Varaison here. Zero. So I would think this block's got probably longer than 60 days to bit to harvest. Uh, so the withholding periods here, yeah, it, this, this is not going to be picked within 60 days. Uh, there's no colour change yet. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe we can talk about highlights and lowlights. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> give, give people something to listen to when they're on their track there. Um, do you, what, what's your highlights this year for Vintage 23? I think, I mean, there, there are quite a lot of lowlights that can be turned into highlights. I'm a pretty optimistic person, so you look for the good in the bad. So I feel like um, just the learning. So I remember at the peak of the downy pressure season, James, you said to me, you know, you're getting about five years worth of experience in one. So, and I really took that on the chin and thought, you know, this is a great op- learning opportunity. And and I think I'm probably a, a younger agronomist in terms of years of experience, but I think even the, the senior agros in our team have learnt. So for me, the, the biggest highlight is learning. So um, we're fortunate as a group that we get to see... Um, you know, lots of different regions, up to the Barossa, down to the Southern Flurio, Adelaide Hills, and obviously all of McLaren Vale. So we get to see the different um, management styles, different um, canopy styles, different um, chemical regime. So we really can pick what has worked in such a season like this. So I think we're really lucky um, as a group to experience that and share with the rest of our group what has worked, what ha- what hasn't worked. So. 
yeah, the learning has been a big one for me. One qu- one question on that is, um, someone asked me about using worm, uh, vermiculture products, worm castings, yes. uh, as an organic downy mildew control. Yes. Um, have you seen that with your own eyes? Not with my own eyes, but blocks that have been using it, I feel like have done better. So... Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely pricked my ears up, and um, yeah, we've we've noted it down as a um, off-season uh, sort of project to look into. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that was sort of my my low light, mm-hmm. my, my negative was um, because disease pressure was so high during November in particular. Uh, I sort of had the realization that we grow grapes in the McLarenvale wine region to handle hot weather. We don't do it to handle high, like extreme disease pressure because the canopy that handles extreme disease pressure is vertical shoot positioning. Mm -hmm. However, a vertical shoot positioning does not handle hot weather. So it's sort of like we're a bit damned in this region when the disease pressure really comes on high, when there is 300 mils of rainfall in, in spring, uh, where we set our vines up not to be able to handle that, um, but the, the converse is if you if you got in a time machine and you were like, no, no, I'm going to set up for these really wet years. I know how to do it. Um, you would then get baked through summer mm. because you need to have that coverage. You need to have that sprawl. Um, now we can we can overcome coverage a little bit by using synthetic chemistries, um, so agrochemical products that. You know, are able to uh, get better coverage or sort of special special spreaders are available but they're not available for organic farmers mm. so an organic farmer is kind of like uh, really fighting with one hand behind their back in a 300 mule spring season yes. so it was hard my low light was watching people really do the right thing but still losing crop um, and then just having to say well that's that's organic farming unfortunately Mm. You, you don't have access to the full toolkit and when it rains it's hard to get coverage mm. I've heard quite a few people say you know it's a 1 in 20 year or 1 in 30 year season so I do hope that that is the case and we don't see a season like this you know for, for another long time well the, 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 this is the in terms of crop watch which starts in two, that vintage 2003 yep. this is by far the wettest spring Yes. By, by quite a lot. Yeah. Um, 1993 what would have been very similar to what we experienced this year, except it kept raining in December. So that's actually the, the difference. Right. So, so almost even worse. Yeah, well, it would have yeah. been worse yeah. because they, they continued to have downy events in December. We at least had the break of not having the... Mm. Like that, that last... Um, yeah, we, we're recording this now in the middle of January, so we haven't had any anything to make downy active for, for over 45 days. So yeah. imagine if we just threw a couple other events in there in December, mm. what your life would be like. Yes. Wouldn't, pretty, wouldn't have been much of a Christmas. So, James, you've talked about low lights for you. What do you think are your highlights? Um, if you go back and listen to some of these podcasts, I'm sure you'll have me say, like, we'll, we'll always be able to deal with an outbreak. Um, you know, we, we'll be able to beat downy mildew. Um so my highlight is I think we can and we did. Mm. Um, I think that if you've been 
using the resources that are available to you, you've been getting the info, um, you've been using vineyard scouting. I think the worst that anyone's lost is about 30% of their crop. Very significant, but it's not what it could have been. Mm. If you'd taken no activity, you would have lost... Uh, we don't know. It'd be the only way to know what no activity looks like is to go and look in, in, a, in a, you know, an abandoned vineyard. Mm. Um, but it tells me that the weather station network worked, the early alert system worked, um, people sprayed as best they could with their equipment. Mm-hmm. There were some times when the weather was poor for spraying, but that, that's what happens in outbreaks. Um, one of the big factors in, in 1993 was not being able to get downy mildew product. Mm-hmm. Now, it... it ran very very short this year but it never totally ran out it was always a case of yes there's more product coming but it's in in a week or or yes there is there is protected products available but you may not be able to buy brand a you have to use brand c or brand d whereas they tell me in 1993 there were people lined up at the mitre 10 Mm. um, and there were like basically people trying to hijack the truck on the way in into the town, trying to say, I want my stuff now. Yeah. I need it now. Mm. Um, that was prevented this, this season, I think. But, yeah, that's my highlight was that we can we can really keep downy losses to to an acceptable level. Yes. And, you know, there are many vineyards that people aren't even going to realise. When harvest comes, they'll be like, slightly light year, but but not not like, oh, my God, not why are we even running a harvest, yeah. harvester over this? Yeah. This this site we're in today was one of the, it's the Crop Watch um, McLaren Vale weather station site, mm. and this had very very high levels of downy mildew in it early very in early, October, yes. very early. Yeah. Um, but the the grower because there's a weather station because it was being monitored because they could get the product, they went on and they hit this with um, two post-infection downy mildew products. I look around now, there's no downy in here at all. No. Active, yeah. it's all it's all dead. How much fruit did they lose? Well, they lost a little bit. Maybe 5%, mm. maybe more, maybe 10%. We'll never really know. But it's still totally worth harvesting. Yeah. Um, it's looking great, actually. Yeah, Yeah. To- to- highly valuable. The wine company is buying this, is, is hanging out for it. So, to me, that, yeah. To me, that, that's the highlight. That's a win, yeah. yeah. Uh, I may not, yeah, I may not be quite so chirpy uh, in my predictions in the future because when it rains, it it's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. When you get, well, we had seventy mules in one day. Mm. It's pretty uncommon <laughs> yeah. for McLaren Vale, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that I was impressed with the speed of the APVMA, um, they were really onto it with issuing um, permits and, and looking into whatever avenues we could use because the, the product shortage that that could have happened was apparent early. So I was pretty impressed with the speed of that and, and issuing permits for um, other curity fungicides to use because that definitely um, saved our bacon, I think. Yeah, so I have to give it... Obviously, that's through lobbying with the AWRI lobby to get the APVMA to release different different products to the market so that yep. was really good they could do that mm. under an emergency permit and yeah that that might have helped that might have been a few thousand hectares were sprayed with that sort of stuff so absolutely in, that, yeah. in our region so if you times that out by mm. southeastern australia yeah that, that did make a big difference yes 
I think um, a low light for me, and it's probably still ongoing really, is um, product shortages. So I think not even a reg- as a region but as a state, I don't think we were quite prepared um, because across the region we're seeing um, sulphur shortages. Obviously everyone's been doing extra sprays. You know, what might have, you know vineyards that might have been sprayed six times last year have been sprayed ten or, or more times this year. So, um, yeah, we've, we've started to see sulphur shortages not just across McLaren Vale but across the state so um, yeah, who could who could predict who could well, predict the yeah. ferocity of this season that's a hard one because yeah. like it's very easy to you know to say well you should you should have in inventory this much product but that you're asking someone at the start of the season to look into a to, crystal ball and well also you're looking someone to basically make a financial investment with their cash flow yeah because um, we always say that with downy mildew curative uh, post-infection products you should have enough. enough in your shed to cover your vineyard yes but yeah it's one thing to say that it's another thing for me to stump up my own money and, and do that yeah um, that's what's yeah. hard that's what's hard um, and, you, and you see that's that played out at a farm level but it also gets played out throughout the supply chain yes so if we go right back to the sources of these products um, that we're using in our vineyards we're vulnerable because they're imported to australia mm. and if not enough's brought in or if if um it's brought in um on a just-in-time uh mentality like yeah which makes financial sense to the people involved in the chain they don't want to outlay mm. and have warehouses full of product that they didn't sell um yeah you sort of get that that effect that oh when it really rains it's when mm. the pressure's really high yeah product starts to starts to run out yeah we, we just yeah it's a low it's a low light but it, it wasn't as bad it wasn't as bad as what i'm told it was in the in the 90s absolutely in the 90s i yeah. said it was it was just you couldn't get stuff whereas yeah. this year you can you but can you gotta wait, you gotta wait and, yeah yeah yeah. Be a bit. Yeah. We should should a grape grower go out and re restock themselves, uh, keep keep a supply of product. Yes. <laughs> um, it's good business practice. Are they? Are, is everyone able to do that? No. Um, it's, yeah. You have to be practical and not just be you know like this is what the book says. But I guess, I guess if you did have to make an investment. Um, having having inventory of, of particularly of downy mildew products is, is a good idea. Always at the start of the year to have have some. Yeah. Yeah. So my low lights, yeah, was 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 it's really tough being organic, yes. and it's really tough to grow a, a canopy that is both good at dealing with hot weather, but also um, uh, dries quickly and allows good airflow and good spray coverage when it's really wet if you can solve that problem I'd, I'd, mm. yeah, I'd love to know what the solution is um, and so your your highlight was it was you got to learn so much so quickly yeah. um, I'd also say if you ran a strategy this year and, and it worked I think as a grape grower you've, you've learned a lot it's like okay this is how I can deal with this Absolutely. Um, and if you, if you weren't a grower in the early 90s which m- most people most of us weren't, I was in high school mm. <laughs> yeah. there's only a few people around who were growing then um, uh, they sort of got to learn a lesson then and it cost them, this year you got to learn a lesson and maybe, maybe didn't cost you as much, yeah, correct yeah. 
Well, we'll keep with the updates for CropWatch. We're going to do um, some more as we approach, um, firstly, Verizon um, and then Harvest. Yeah, we still think in McLaren Vale we're looking at, at quite a late harvest, highly likely that um, it's going to be about another six weeks before any, any grapes are picked. Um, if you're going to the McLaren Vale bell ringing uh, ceremony, which I think is on the 10th of February, let's, maybe we should have a little bet about whether there's any grapes actually picked before the 10th of February. Do you want to have a... Do you want to have a bit of that wager? I'm going to say not. I'm also going to say no, so that's not fair. <laughs> well, maybe we should say, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> All right. Then, so I can be wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, take care, everyone, and, and we'll catch you soon. Thank you. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the McLaren Vale Grape, Wine and Tourism Association, supporting growers in the McLaren Vale wine region.